Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning. It's a rainy Monday morning here in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Kate Ebner, and I want to thank you for joining me this morning. Did you know that horses can help you get in touch with yourself and also improve your relationships at work by giving you an enlightened awareness of your nonverbal communications, how you operate in groups, and even your relationship to power? This morning, we're going to explore learning about leadership with the help of horses. This is a conversation that we're going to actually tap into the wisdom of people who know all about the wisdom of the animal kingdom and especially about horses. My guests are three women who offer great experience and perspective on the subject. I'm going to start by introducing each one in turn to you. We have three guests this morning. I'm going to tell you a little bit about each person. Um, First, I'm honored to introduce someone who's been a pioneer in the field of equine-guided education, Ariana Strosi. Ariana is a lifelong animal lover and horsewoman with an advanced degree in zoology as well as a master somatic coach who has worked with more than 5,000 people over the past 20 years. She's the founder of Leadership and Horses, the co-founder of Equine Guided Education Association and Strozzi Institute, and is also the owner of Skyhorse Ranch in California. Ariana is the author of two books, including Horse Sense for the Leader Within. Ariana has pioneered and developed this concept of, of learning leadership through horses. I read her her book, um, that particular book, years ago, have given it as a gift many times and have returned to it quite often since, although I'm not a horsewoman myself. Ariana, thank you very much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. My next guest is also an equine trainer and author who's written about the powerful lessons humans can learn from horses. Linda Kohanov is the owner of EponaQuest Worldwide, which provides equine-based personal and leadership development workshops and retreats in southern Arizona. Her most recent book, The Power of the Herd, A Non-Predatory Approach to Social Intelligence, Leadership, and Innovation, was published this year. Linda is well known for writing about the way of the horse, experiential wisdom that's been known to riders for centuries, but little studied or adapted to off-horse use. Linda has taken those horse-inspired insights on exceptional communication and leadership into the realms of our workplaces and our relationships. Her insights help us focus on the benefits of non-predatory power, the development of assertiveness, 
fostering of creativity, dealing with conflict, and heightened mind-body awareness, Linda's adapted these lessons into 12 powerful guiding principles that we can all incorporate into our work and our personal lives. Good morning, Linda. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Kate. Great to be here. Thank you. And then last but hardly least, I'd like to introduce my friend, um, fellow leadership coach, Mel Zarek. Mel has been working with people for many years. Um, she spent um, more than three decades as a, an employee in the federal sector, uh, organizational consultant, and became a leadership coach through the Georgetown University Coaching Program. About 10 years ago, she went on a retreat with Ariana Strozzi, who's here on our call today. And what she learned really transformed her understanding of herself and of what horses can teach us. Since then, she's applied these deep insights from that retreat and the many other retreats she's attended to transform her work with her coaching clients. Mel often speaks on the impact of equine-based leadership training from a very personal truth. And so I'm very pleased, Mel, that you're with us on the show today. Good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. Yes, I'm sitting here smiling at my desk to have the three of you here. So I want to start by saying that, um, you know, for those of you who are listening today, who are regular listeners, you might actually be wondering, so Kate, what does working with horses have to do with visionary leadership, which is, of course, the focus of our show? You know, I also am wondering about that. Um, we're going to learn together how developing leadership with horses can strengthen our ability to be visionary, forward-looking leaders. And I hope you'll email us or call in with your questions today. Very curious about how today's show is going to unfold. Um, Ariana, let's jump right in with you first. Um, Would you be able to describe for us some of the um, equine-guided education activities that you lead people in and tell us about working with horses and how that's different from other kinds of leadership development training? Sure, yeah. Let me start by saying that we have a variety of different exercises that we do depending on the phase of learning or change that either the client or the group is in. Um, so sometimes when a person first comes or a group is coming and they're in the beginning of a transition or a significant change point, they may need to be revisioning their life or their company. Um, we do exercises that are that emphasize moving into an inquiry and exploration. And we have people, we'll have an arena, we'll have several horses in the arena perhaps. Um, and first we have the people observing the horses and just being curious about which horses catch their attention, how the horses are negotiating together. Um, We can expand into um, observing their herd dynamics, which is really their relationships. Um, And that's very powerful from a leadership perspective because um, horses and humans have the same social instinct. And so we can learn a lot from them about leadership. I, I find that the human animal, we live in a very narrow connotation of what leadership is and um, having worked with not only horses but a lot of other wild animals, um, I've learned that how they see leadership, that leadership is really an instinct that social animals have to communicate and coordinate together, that human beings didn't invent leadership. It really exists in the animal kingdom. And um, so observing and learning from the horse's leadership principles, we can learn that leadership really is about relationship. That's really all it's about. It's about how am I relating to myself? How am I relating to others? How are they relating to me? And how am I relating to my worldview, which, which is like my ethics or values? And um, so we, we usually will provide some opportunity for that in the beginning to that also, whether we make that explicit or implicit, 
we're also bringing people into a more somatic awareness or more, like, let's say, surround sound awareness. So we're not just listening with our mind anymore. We're listening with all of our other senses, bringing in the more spiritual and intuitive senses as well. And that's going to happen whether we make that explicit or not, because that's the way the horses live and they they really encourage that level of sensory awareness. Um, and then when we get into the more, uh, when a person has gained clarity or the group has gained clarity, they've decided where their vision is, where they're going to go, we'll move into more active exercises like um, we'll be doing leading in hand where we're leading the horse through a series of activities. Um, we're, sometimes I, I did a lot in the 90s, I did a lot of lunging, which is a uh, person's being the leader standing in the center of a circle or, or of the whole arena, and the horse moves in a large circle around them and may move in from a walk to a trot to a canter and back down to a, to a walk and a stop. And we use that in, in horsemanship as a training mechanism, but with the what I found in the 90s with working with people and, the, and having them lunging the horse, they don't have to know anything about horses or even how to lunge a horse, they just need to embody their vision, which is comprised of their confidence, their sureness, their will, their follow through. Are they really sure about this? Um, and their presence, and then you know, being in, that they're actually inspired by their vision, that they're embodying their passion for it. And so, doing that particular exercise, um, we can see a person's leadership style, and. Um, and then they can look at, and what, what's interesting, Kate, is when I first started doing this work, I didn't realize the ramifications that the work actually had. I was bringing people out for developing these, you know, presence, confidence, um, self-awareness and things like that. And what I found was that everybody that came, didn't matter if they were the vice president of a bank or college student or housewife, everybody said, oh, my God, what's happening with the horse with me right now is what's happening in my life. It's happening at work or it's happening at home. And so I just became fascinated by that. It was consistent and across the board. And so I would say, okay, let's work with your real-life issue. Um, so we would start to work with a person's actual vision in their real life. It's not, we're not training horsemanship. We're training what, who do you need to be to get where you want to go. And um, so it's had a very profound effect of when a person's, you know, focusing on their real life, the horse is mirroring their actual inner intentions, their inner attitudes, and mirroring when they're confident or when they're, or when they're you know, they're doubting themselves. And, they, and people get a, a real visceral experience of the difference. You um, know, I, I, I love that. I mean, I think you're giving us such a great picture of of how this works and, and the, the fact that what is happening with you and, and your horse in the, in the exercise mm-hmm. really can be what's happening for you in, in your life, you know? So, I mean, I, I think that's what makes this so powerful is that um, a lot of times um, I notice that leaders uh, think about leadership mm-hmm. and embodying it and actually being able to um, gain the trust and the willingness to follow of the people who work with them is not necessarily a given just because the ideas are good. <laughs> so Absolutely. I, I love, I love the way that you're describing that. And I think it's probably helping people to understand how this works. Um, you know, I want to uh, turn to you, Linda, and, you know, we, uh, 
think about this, um, you know, the, what Ariana just said a minute ago about um, this work shows you who you need to be in order to go where you want to go. Um, presence and energy, these are two of the leadership skills horses can really help people gain a better understanding of. And Linda, I'm wondering if you could speak for a moment about, about how you've seen horses help with those two things, presence and energy. We have a couple minutes. Well, I think that leadership presence is a term that's being thrown around quite a bit. How do we exercise that? And part of the challenge is that even among humans, psychologists have determined that only about 10% of our communication interpersonally is verbal. So that leaves 90% of the messages we send back and forth to each other in that nonverbal range. And horses are masters at teaching us that other 90%, that nonverbal level of leadership presence. And they've been doing a fantastic job of it for years, particularly with visionary leaders throughout history. There's a huge number of visionary leaders throughout history who were not just exceptional riders but exceptional horse trainers. And let me just name a couple. Alexander the Great is a phenomenal example. Mm-hmm. One that we don't often think about, however, and we talk a lot about the importance of mindfulness, in this work of, you know, developing leaders. Um, the Buddha was an exceptional horse trainer, and a lot of people don't realize that. And in my new book, I argue that the Buddha, and I show how the Buddha developed a lot of his mindfulness skills and the courage and energy he needed to move toward um, an advanced state of enlightenment through working with horses. Um, another one person that we don't realize a lot of times was an exceptional horse trainer was George Washington. He was considered the best horse trainer in the colonies, and I could see from studying his biographies that the things he was able to do to put us over the edge to win the Revolutionary War came from his understanding of how to train horses to override their most basic survival instincts, to work together, to even move into war, which is something astonishing for a, for a prey animal like the horse to be able to do. And, um, you know, Winston Churchill is another example of a great rider. We think of him um, older in his years, kind of portly, smoking a big cigar, but he was an exceptional horseman, and I, I show how he used those same skills to motivate people to work together during some of the most frightening times during those world wars in the 20th century. So we can learn those skills, too. We can actually capture those skills that people used to learn unconsciously and kind of accidentally on horseback. But now we can learn how to teach leadership presence and how to manage energy and how to manage the energy of an entire group through working with horses. And over the last 15 years, um, I've gotten much more specific about what I'm teaching and what activity I'm using to teach different elements. So, you know, just like like Ariana was talking about, simply moving a horse, um, lunging a horse, um, there's a very specific formula to that that works incredibly well with people. And the formula is commitment plus crescendo plus immediate positive feedback equals increasing motivation. Wow, that's a great, I, I think we may have to stop here at this moment for a break, Linda, but um, I, I, that's a, it's, it's actually wonderful to hear that kind of a, you know, that kind of clear thinking around what it is, you know, that leads to that motivation. Um, and also to hear those specific examples of leaders who've been great horse trainers, great horsemen, 
And um, it makes me wonder, since now we drive cars, how much we've really lost in terms of uh, our understanding of, of this how-to-be um, challenge. So we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, Mel, it's your turn to tell us about your experience. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm Kate Ebner, and my guests today are three amazing people who are teaching us about the wisdom of horses as teachers of leadership. Our guests this hour are Ariana Strosi of Skyhorse Ranch, Linda Kohanoff of EponaQuest Worldwide, and leadership coach Mel Zarek, whose personal experience with learning from horses is bringing this topic to life today for us. Um, before the break, we really jumped into this, this subject, and uh, Ariana, you really helped us understand how horses mirror back to us what we're bringing and help us learn through this um, blend of practice and awareness. And um, then we, we really heard from Linda who helped us understand that the, um, you know, the great, some of the great leaders of our, of our history have been also great horse trainers and, and about really the embodied leadership, you know, what we learn from uh, working with horses and how that can be brought out into our leadership. And I want to turn to you, Mel, because um, you know, you, uh, you have always gotten me excited about this subject, and we've talked about it on and off over the years. Uh, I think it would be really helpful for people to hear a little bit about um, you know, what you've learned from horses and, and maybe even a specific example of a horse who's taught you something. Yes, I, I would I love to talk about this because it was so impactful uh, to me. And the things that I learned from my very first experiences with horses at the um, Strozzi with Ariana uh, have stayed with me for a very long time. I think there are two things that I learned uh, in the very, very beginning, and it, it says a lot about what Ariana and Linda have just said. Horses showed me what it means to be fully present and to be completely authentic. They always are fully present, and they are always in the present moment. We are not. 
we are often in our heads and in our thinking. So being fully present, I learned, was to be in my body and my emotions as well as my thinking. And so that was one of the first things um, I think that came to me. The second thing was that they taught me was what Ariana and what Linda pointed out, that we are always in relationship. We are always in relationship with ourselves and our truths and with others. And there was one horse at, at Sky Horse at, at Ariana's ranch, Sadie, who is very dear to me. She showed me that when I was really clear, fully present, and committed to my goal, she would follow me. Mm. And she also showed me that when I was also very clear and fully present to my hurting or my vulnerability, and I was truthful about that, she would come to me and stand beside me in that truth as well. It was a very profound and, and almost magical experience for me. So um, I've carried that understanding, and I continue to practice what it means to be fully present in not just my thinking, less, in, less of my thinking, but in my heart and my body and my emotions when I'm with not just the horses but with other people. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. You know, Mel, I think I remember that lesson. I remember hearing you talk about that. And, um, you know, particularly I want to want to point out what you just said in the last part of that story about how when you were vulnerable, that was actually a time when you, the horse came close to you. Um, yeah. And I think the, the leadership lesson that stands out for me is that, you know, so often in our society, leaders really believe they have to be all-powerful and all-knowing and never show vulnerability and never show, you know, a sign of weakness and such. And so I, w- I wonder to ask you, you know, like, what do you think is, what, what's your takeaway about that experience of being vulnerable and actually having the horse come to you? What's the leadership lesson there? Uh, I think it's about being truthful about that and not being afraid. Actually, to show your vulnerability to me is where your strength is. It takes strength to show your vulnerability. And in doing that, with in the presence of a horse and my facing my own vulnerability and truth, I found that they um, that the horse was drawn to me, and I could stand with confidence in that vulnerability and learn from it. So um, I actually gained strength from being in my vulnerability uh, and being truthful with myself. Oh, thank you very much for that. You know, I, I, um, I, I, as as we sort of take this in, it just seems like such a uh, an amazing invitation for people to begin to learn about themselves through this experience of working with horses in, in the ways that you all do and and have done. Um, and I wonder, um, Linda, you know, in your book, um, the power of the herd, you share these twelve guiding principles about horses, power, and leadership. And Ariana, you actually mentioned principles as well. Linda, I want to ask you to just give us a couple examples of these principles, if you would. Well, I think one of them, Guiding Principle 8, um, will explain the power of vulnerability and why sometimes we're so reluctant to show it. Um, 
in this guiding principle, I talk about employing non-predatory power liberally and predatory power sparingly. The mm-hmm. horse is a non-predatory power animal. Um, technically, it's an herbivore. A lot of people call them prey animals. But like I said, they are incredibly courageous, and they have the ability to stand up to large predators and protect vulnerable herd members. Um, in fact, wolves and lions attack adult horses at their peril, and horses have received medals for exceptional bravery in war. So they are a non-predatory power animal. And in this guiding principle, I talk about the difference between predatory power and non-predatory power and how to recognize it and when to use each one. Because human beings are omnivores. We have characteristics of predator and non-predator. And if we can learn how to use those two forms of power to their greatest um, advantage, everything changes. So, for instance... You know, predatory power is designed to nourish the self at others' expense. With non-predatory power, you see horses supporting individual and group needs simultaneously. Predatory power values relationship or territory over relationship. With non-predatory animals like horses, they value relationship over territory. They're actually nomadic animals. Hmm. Um, but one thing that's really interesting in relation to vulnerability is that with predators, their purpose in nature to keep things in balance, is to cull the weak. So they are always seeking out the most vulnerable herd members. And among themselves, they actually, because that impulse is so strong to cull the weak, they have to hide their own vulnerability at all costs. So when you're in a predatory human system, and there are a lot of predatory systems in business and politics, um, when you feel like you need to hide your vulnerability, that's one sign that you're working among people who are, have an overemphasis on predatory power. With non-predatory animals, they shield the weak. Vulnerability is, is actually okay. In fact, that's why the horse was attracted to a person like Mel when, when, Mel, when you felt authentically vulnerable. The horse stepped forward to come to you because it is their job to protect the vulnerable. Hmm. And um, the thing about being a visionary leader is that you don't access creativity and new experiences and new ideas until you are in that vulnerable place where you don't know everything, where you might make some mistakes because you have to experiment because you're doing something new. And that's why you often see animals like the horse symbolically representing creativity as well. Pegasus was the companion of the muses, and he inspired poets and artists. And it is the horse that will protect you when you're in that vulnerable state so that you can access new ideas and experiment and make mistakes and learn new things and then step forward into a new level of power. I love that. Thank you very much. That's a, that's a really uh, helpful illustration of this principle. And, you know, Linda, I'm going to um, ask you before I, I turn back to um, Ariana, the, we've had a listener who was wondering if you could repeat what what we what we called the lunge formula, um, we had that before the break, and and I remember I remember it was three words. Could you just say that again? Oh yes, and you can find a full explanation of it in my new book, The Power of the Herd. Um, it's actually in Guiding Principle Four, but the formula is commitment plus crescendo plus immediate positive feedback equals motivation. I can explain those terms if we have time, um, but I'm not sure if we do. Okay, well let's we'll leave that for the moment. Um, but we may we may go back to that, um, and I, I'd like to actually ask you, Ariana, if you could share uh, from your sort of vast experience what you think human beings can learn about leadership from 
working with horses and and maybe you could give us a story Ariana about that um well i think that um <clears throat> excuse me um you know i liked where i like what we're talking about because i mean we're also talking that horses can be both teachers and healers and they kind of know when they need to be which one <laughs> mm-hmm. but for now in leadership we were talking you know on a um you know, when we're talking about leadership um, and what we can learn from horses is that I think one of the primary things is, as Mel said, excuse me, <clears throat> is that um, the power of being authentic and that, you know, also when we're, when I've worked with wild animals, particularly animals that can kill you, um, you, that you learn that lesson really fast is that the animals, the horses and the wild animals just see right through you. And they they want to know your vulnerability because then they can trust you. And when a person's being inauthentic or pretending to be different um, so that their outer expression is not matching their inner expression, they're actually dangerous to a horse, and horses actually become aggressive in that moment. Mm. But I think that um, in, in a broad, you know, from a broad stroke, what we can learn from horses is um, trust. I mean, when trust is present, when it's not present, and of course that's fundamental. So if trust isn't present, um, then we're just wasting our time, you know, whether we're in a meeting or talking or anything. So really learning to not just, does the other person trust me, but am I trusting? Am I trusting myself? Am I trusting them? So trust is a a significant factor. Um, Confidence, um, you know, horses... When we're when a person comes and is around the horse and they're not sure of themselves, so to me, confidence in its simplest form is that when we're being confident, we're not being self-conscious. And what I found consistently with horses is that when a person's doubting themselves or being overly self-conscious and making themselves smaller um, or in, in any kind of judgment, that they're just really literally not interesting to a horse and the horses will walk away. Whereas when we are... Um, <clears throat> you know, speaking from our heart or from that authentic place or from the confidence or courageous place, we become interesting to the horse and the horse will come to us because um, they're drawn to that. And and people are the same way. So w- when I'm talking, when I'm teaching, you know, you could just say horses equal people. Whatever I'm saying about horses is, is so for people and vice versa. And so <clears throat> because we have the same kind of instincts that we're, reading all these nonverbals, like uh, Linda was saying. And um, the other thing that, I'm sorry, <coughs> I have a little frog in my throat this morning. Um, the other thing that we can learn from horses is um, how to get out of our head. And, and really, um, that's really phenomenally significant, is that the horses, I think, one of the most powerful things that horses have taught me is the power of, non-judgment horses and animals i mean we are the human animal we are the judgmental animal or the moral animal comparatively and mm-hmm. um horses have taught me the the power the the power of letting go of um conclusion judgment um judgment of self judgment of others and and when you let that go you open into this whole world of possibility that you didn't see existed before. And it goes hand in hand with what Linda was saying about, you know, only 10% of our communication comes through the words. It's actually 7%, but, you know, the the 90% that we're listening to and either paying attention to or not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, 
<clears throat> excuse me, I, you know, many times when we're working with the horses, we can get to core topics in minutes with the horses present that it would, might take six months or more in a, in a normal coaching or therapy type session. And that's always really struck me as quite profound and pretty consistent. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're going to need to take a break. And um, I'm sure that, like me, our listeners are just really drawn into this topic. It's um, it's uh, fascinating to consider um, the, the, the opportunity here for all of us. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back. I'm talking this morning with Ariana Strozzi, who is the author of two books, Horse Sense for the Leader Within and Planning Your Business in the Horse as, with Horses as Healer Teacher Professions. She also has a wonderful DVD called Intuitive Horsemanship. She's been published in anthologies such as Being Human at Work and also Horse Crazy, numerous magazines and newspapers. Linda Kohanoff is the author of the the Tao of Equus, A Woman's Journey of Healing and Transformation Through the Way of the Horse, and also Riding Between the Worlds, Expanding Our Potential Through the Way of the Horse. Most recently, she's written The Power of the Herd, A Non-Predatory Approach to Social Intelligence, Leadership, and Innovation. And Mel Zarek is with us as well. She knows a great deal about leadership, about horses, and about learning. She's a Georgetown-trained leadership coach who's spent more than 35 years in the federal sector, and she continues to grow her own skills and capacities through her personal work with horses, and I know brings that to her clients as well. So we're having a fascinating conversation, and during the break, Ariana, you were pointing out that leadership has changed um, in the way we think about it and even what we what we expect and need from our leaders um, since the 90s. Um, let's pick up there and talk about why it is so critical for leaders to be authentic and embodied today. Um, we've been talking about that through the hour. I want to go back to you, Ariana, since you were really making this point and, and ask you to, to tell, tell us what is it you're noticing that seems very important for today's leaders to really focus on. Well, what I've noticed, you know, having been involved in the leadership world for you know, almost 24 years now, um, you know, in the 90s, I say like leadership was, we were really, everybody was really gung-ho. They were really ambitious. They knew what they cared about. You know, they're very goal-oriented. And so 
they were doing we were doing a lot of very active exercise like i said the lunging and leading and and what i noticed in you know 2000 around 2000 and the 911 and the crash in the dot com people no longer really knew what they cared about i mean they really started to question like what am i valuing what am i basing my concept of success on and so i had to really uh, dig deeper to expand the way I was working with people through the horses because the active exercises you have to have a, a clear vision and people didn't anymore and so I really noticed that as a significant <clears throat> change and in a broader scope you know we are really in the midst now of a huge paradigm shift in um, what it means to live a good life what it means to be successful how do we be sustainable and so the underlying emphasis that i've learned with the you know i mean i've had people coming increasing numbers over the last 13 years saying sometimes they say i don't know why i'm here i've been dreaming of this horse or this horse this horse is calling me these horses are calling me I'm I'm also writing another book as well that talks about that, like what's that call? So I've been studying that, and even in the last five years, leadership has changed again. And and it's it's um I say it's like leader. We used to be really hooked into leadership as doing, and what I'm seeing now, it's really so much more about leadership as being. And um, while leadership, the more you study leadership, you ultimately get to the principles of leadership are really made up of your presence and your way of being. That that's what ultimately compels somebody to want to be on be with you or follow you or be in relationship with you. And um so that stays the same no matter what. That's that's universal. Yeah. And I think we're at a time when that's becoming more of a requirement. And yeah. that we're, each person I mean everybody I know now is being challenged in such a deep deeper than I've ever, ever seen before. And some of us are being challenged through health. Some are being challenged through finance. Some are being financed through career or home. But ev- someone, ev- we're all getting it somewhere. Where it's almost like the universe is forcing us to look deep within and say, okay, what do I really value? What's really mm-hmm. important to me? And moving towards, I think there's a uh, a lot of conversations that people learn about how do I simplify my life and live closer to my value system in a more sustainable way that I'm not, um, that I'm, you know, each person is finding their way. Like, how can I contribute to finding a way for us human animals to become more caring of the earth and more respectful of yes. um, the earth and, and try to learn how to take care of her a little better? Yes. Yes, I certainly, I certainly am glad to hear that. And Linda, that reminds me a little bit of um, what you were saying about leaders through history and how some of those those great great leaders have been people who have been close to the earth or close to the animal, close to the horse. Um, and I, I wonder if, in a way, you know, it's a return to understanding the being side of leadership as well as the doing side. What do you think, Linda? Well, I think it's even more interesting to go back to prehistory. Um, which I do in this book, too, um, The Power of the Herd, I studied a lot of pastoral cultures that move with animals and move with large herbivores like the horse, cattle, um, camels, and other animals. And what's interesting is their their understanding of leadership is much more sophisticated than we are mm-hmm. because they move with these large, dangerous animals where there are no fences. 
and they mm-hmm. keep the herds together where there are no fences, and they can keep their animals out of farmers' fields with no fences. And the fences are falling down today. That's why people don't understand where they want to go, because the world is so wide open now, partly because the fence is still down because the previous um, ways that we were organizing our human lives in relation to the earth and other cultures have fallen down because they weren't very efficient. And um, one of the things that I talk about in this this book, and I actually exercise specifically with with um, exercises that we do with horses in the workshops at EponaQuest, um, is to develop the skills associated with a master herder. And a master herder of large animals in wide open spaces knows that the leader and the dominant in a herd are two different animals. Sometimes the master herder knows when to use leadership and how. Sometimes they have to use dominance. They know when to use it and how. And they also spend a large amount of time with their animals engaged in nurturing and companionship skills. That's what keeps the herd together. And they also very occasionally use predatory forms of power. And so what we have is this four-pronged strategy for power that goes beyond the ideas that we have masculine and feminine styles of power, which I hear a lot these days. What we really need are men and women to develop all four of those skills, leader, dominant, nurturer, companion, and predator when necessary. And what's interesting is we also see that there are shadow sides to all four of these active in human communities when anyone is overemphasized in one person. And so we create balanced leaders where the entire herd, so to speak, in the human community is empowered and capable of exercising all four of those. And when that happens, leadership is shared according to who's calmest, most clearest, most experienced, or most inspired in a given situation. And the entire intelligence of the company and the herd is uplifted beyond anything we could previously imagine. Well, it's it sounds to me like a wonderful uh, way for us to uh, to see options that we may not have realized that we have when we're considering what leadership means. Um, and I, I'd love to turn to you, Mel. I mean, you coach leaders every day, and and you yourself have 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 led in many ways. Um, what do you think of what you're hearing? How does it uh, apply? I I am I'm totally in agreement with what I've heard um, about that being, uh, going to being more than doing is really being called for today uh, in leaders. What horses know, this is, I'm a non-expert in horses. I'm a human who is using horses as my teacher. (laughs) What horses know and teach us about leadership is that leadership is totally necessary for success. Without leadership, they cannot survive. They know it in their bones, and we don't. We don't know it as much in our bones, or we're not as aware of it. So this whole idea of being fully present is being all of you in the moment with what's, with what's in front of you, whether it's an, a horse, another person, or a group of people. So... I've, I've learned from, from that to help leaders that I coach about standing in their leadership with, with no apology. In other words, to really believe that, that they're on the right track and, and have to take action that might not be um, 
so uh, might be difficult to give somebody feedback, but to do it in a way that is benevolent, that's going to serve that person to succeed. And um, this one leader that I've been working with, he, he loves that expression now. He can take on difficult issues and stand in his leadership with no apology. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we don't have to apologize for something that we might have misspoken or, you know, did unintentionally, but it means no apology for your role as a leader. And I think horses are very, very clear about that, and they teach us that, it, that leadership in being that leader is always about the relationship with others. You know, this is a a great place for a break. We're going to take that break, but I want to thank you for that point, Mel, because I think you've said something I've never heard expressed that we all need to hear, which is what horses know, which is that leadership is necessary to survival and that it's essential and, and, and that this is something, as you say, to stand in one's leadership and to bring one's full presence and gifts. So I want to really thank you for that. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. We're talking about horses and leadership and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business and more on demand 24-7. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Thank you for joining us this hour. We have been having a wonderful time thinking together out loud about leadership, horses, and getting in touch with your own effectiveness. I want to um, stop here and just remind you that our guests are Ariana Strozzi, Linda Kohanov, and Mel Zarek. And in this final segment, I'd like to just um, to, to kind of bring us back to this conversation about the being side of leadership. Um, and we're talking really as much about about what horses can teach us about how we be and who we need to become in order to bring our vision forward. Um, at Georgetown Leadership Coaching Program, we teach that um, understanding oneself is to understand mind, body, spirit, and emotion, not just mind and not 
not the physical self, but actually the whole picture, mind, body, spirit, and emotion. And I think really that's what we've been talking about is the way horses help us to, to, to understand ourselves fully and in full presence around each of the four domains. Um, so I want to go to um, this discussion about um, learning from horses is learning, learning about how you be. Um, and I want to actually um, go to you, Ariana, to actually tell us more about why you think horses uniquely can really teach us this. Well, I think that the horses can, you know, we talk about mind, body, spirit, and, you know, what horses have really, I've been studying somatics for, you know, since 1988, but uh, they're, te- they're teaching me every day what somatic, what we talk, what we mean by somatics, but, you know, we're very well versed in the mind and how the mind is interpreting our reality, and we're getting pretty good about the body, um, and and how the body's responding to the environment. You know, our animal body is is always I call the first responder. It responds to the environment first, and the mind comes along after the fact and makes up an interpretation, which is um, where we can get sometimes have healthy interpretations or unhealthy ones. But really, where the horses can take, and we have a lot of art body somatic arts that focus on the mind and how it interprets the somatics or the body and but we don't have a lot on the spirit and um because it's probably the most inarticulate and that's really where the horses take us that they're really listening not to our mind so much as they're listening to our to our um physical presence our body but also our spirit and the we were you know how you were speaking before the break it's really important, this piece that we've touched on, that we're at a time and place in the world where it's almost paramount, it's becoming more and more um, essential that we reconnect to the natural world, um, not only for to find, to learn more about ourselves, but for our own health as individuals and as a community and as, as our world. And so there is a coming back to the way that we used to just naturally be connected. And the spirit, our spirit part, the spirit self, the original self, is the part of us that connects to whatever you want to call it. You know, the cosmos, um, my daughter calls it the all-buddy, and, um, you know, the everything. And that, you know, because we're a social animal, our instinct is be, is to be connected <clears throat> to the group or to the whole. And in order to do that, we need to be able to make a contribution to the greater good, that's something that's outside of us. And so the, um, the horses are taking us much, much deeper into the spiritual components, and not, it's not a religious thing. It's, it's really the spirit as the place that we connect to um, the everything. And it's kind of like where Linda was talking about, all the fences are coming down. Like, um, you know, everything's, you know, there's the, pos- the potentiality of, uh, the power of intention and our, our potential connectivity, um, not just through a, a little, literal or lateral world, but through an ethereal, the invisible and tangible ways that, you know, energy and uh, we're all ultimately interconnected in that way. It's absolutely fascinating, the potentiality, because, you know, if you, you follow this track that we've been on in the human sciences, that our mind is only, the reality is that our mind is only processing less than 10% of the information that's around us all the time, that there's another 90% of information um, and ways of coordinating and relating and connecting that's present all the time. And I think the horses are helping us to learn how to listen to this whole other world that's 
waiting for us to to learn more about. Thank you for that. That's that's um, really quite a call for for all of us to. Um, I I think to expand our understanding of of the need to learn this and also the fact that we can learn this from the horse. Now, Linda, how about you? I mean, as you're as, as we're coming to the end of the hour, is there anything you really want our listeners to hear? that we really hope that they'll take from the show. And I, I think you've given us so many great distinctions about predator, non-predator, um, the herd, you know, and as a, as a understanding of relationship and also leader do- versus dominant, you know, um, companion, um, versus caretaker, caregiver. And, and so you, you've, you've helped us um, broaden our understanding of what horses know and what, what people who work with herds of horses know about working with the energy of, of groups and relationships. Is there anything else you really want to point us to as we kind of come, come to the close? Well, first of all, horses don't separate between mind, body, emotion, and spirit. In, in mm-hmm. fact, they teach us an embodied spirituality that's active in the world. Beautiful. And also in touch with a greater spiritual reality that comes into form through visionary leadership. But ultimately, they're really pushing us to understand and perhaps glimpse what might we accomplish if we finally understood as humans how to be powerful together. Mm-hmm. I think for millennia, horses have been waiting for us to ask them this question. And when we step out of the saddle and listen, really listen to these mindful, non-predatory animals, we glimpse a new form of power, a compassionate, courageous power that stands up to predators protects vulnerable herd members, inspires others, and collaborates with nature. And this is a form of power that horses have been silently embodying through all our wars and conquests. And now they're here to help us move beyond that pattern into something we can't even imagine to reach our full potential. Beautifully, beautifully stated. Thank you very much. That's a a very powerful idea and I think one that um, I know I will take away from the hour and thinking about how we're how we're working on a number of projects that we're doing at, at the Nebo company um, Mel you know you are the inspiration to me for bringing this conversation together what would you like our listeners to hear as we close the hour and come, come to an end is there something you'd really like to impress upon us yeah I, I have a big smile on my face because this whole idea of being being with a horse has taught me around about leading with heart and soul. And when that happens, when you're in their presence and you are committed with your body and your heart and soul to your goal or whatever direction you're going in, the result is joyful and beautiful. And the horse moves I mean, I get chills when I'm thinking about it. The horse moves with such beauty and joy, and you do with the horse when you've got that connection with heart, soul, body, and your full presence. It's wonderful. Thank you. You know, I want to um, give people who are listening a chance to know where to go to find each of you should they be interested in learning more about how to work with you 
and the work that you're doing with horses. Certainly, we've we've talked about your books, but um, could each of you just say how to how to contact you? And of course, we'll include this in our um, newsletter this week as well. Um, let's start with you, Ariana. Um, the best way, you know, to reach me, you can look on my website, which is skyhorseranch.com. That's S K Y horseranch.com. Um, also, my book, Horse Sense for the Leader Within, is available on Amazon, and I would highly recommend getting the expanded version, which has uh, 50 additional pages. Um, Great. And my, my other book and um, DVD are also on Amazon. And they can always reach me at um, A-R-I-A-N-A at skyhorseranch.com via email. Thank you very much. <laughs> Linda? Um, you can reach me on my website at eponaquest.com. Dot com. That's E, P as in Paul, O, N as in Nick, A, Q, U, E, S, T, dot com. And on that website as well, you'll see that I've trained over 200 instructors worldwide. And so you might look up an approved instructor in this particular method on the website and see if there's someone in your region that you can go and mm-hmm. study this work with, as well as coming down to my place and doing some advanced workshops that really take it to the next level. Um, and my book, The Power of the Herd, is available in most bookstores as well as on Amazon.com, where you'll also see my other books. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. And highly recommend The Power of the Herd. This book has really got, got me and others thinking, so thank you. Uh, and Mel, how about you? Well, people can reach me uh, on email at mel at melzarek.com. It's M-E-L at M-E-L S-Z-A-R-E-K dot com. And um, one of the places where on the East Coast where I do some of my practice and study is with Team Horse Sense. And they have a website. If, if you just type in Team Horse Sense, you can find their website. Beautiful. Well, we're at the end of our hour. You've been listening to Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, and uh, we have just heard some ideas that I hope really are helping to influence the way you, our listener, are thinking about leadership and about your own development as we all work together to lead in the 21st century. Have a great day, everyone. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.